Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the show, we have Dolores Catania from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. You know I love my Dolo. They had the premiere of the New Jersey Housewives last week, and here on Everything Iconic, I recapped it with Danielle Schneider, who hosts a podcast called Bitch Sesh, which is fantastic, and we got into all the nitty-gritty of the Real Housewives of New Jersey premiere episode, so if you haven't listened to that, Go ahead and listen to that on the podcast feed. Also, at the end of that, we got into a little bit of Vanderpump Rules because Vanderpump Rules is back and people have been asking if I'm going to be covering the uh, Vanderpump Rules season on Everything Iconic. And I am planning on covering it. We talked about it on that episode. However, I have a few more thoughts I got to get off my chest about the Vanderpump Rules premiere. And number one uh, on that list is that we're back, baby. Rotten Hill. Oh, I was so happy to see Katie in an apartment. I know they had a beautiful house in the valley, but I was happy to see them back in apartments because that's where Vanderpump Rules thrives. Now, we also got the emancipation of Raquel. It seems like she's in a starring role this season. She has broken up with James, and she was a little unhinged. I don't know if you saw that that scene in front of the bathroom door where Raquel's sitting there with James, and Raquel is wasted. She's wasted, and she's coming out of the bathroom. And meanwhile, I think it was when James was coming out of the bathroom. One of them was coming out of the bathroom, and I swear, I'm sorry, but I swear, go back and listen, I swear I heard a, like when they were, when they were exiting the bathroom, I heard a noise. And it made me laugh, and it, Raquel is like, eyes glassed over, James is DJing on the ones and twos, and they're meeting in front of the bathroom, and I just felt a sense of calmness rush over me as soon as I saw them arguing in front of that dirty bathroom in the back because that's where uh, another place where Vanderpump Rules thrives. We got the dumpster. We got apartments. We got in front of that bathroom door in that narrow little hallway at Sir. Like that, that's where our stories take place. Those are our environments for these stories that really help them to thrive. And so we don't want to see them in these glamorous houses or beautiful places. I want to see them in a small hallway in the back of a restaurant in West Hollywood. I want to see them in front of that Sir dump. I want to see them in apartments where they can't work the microwave and have the air conditioning unit on at the same time. That's what I need. And it seems like that's that's what's happening this season. And so I'm very excited about where we're going, where we're headed, where we're at right now. It feels like it's reinvigorated. The last couple seasons have been flops. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have some complaints, because I do have some complaints, namely the whole thing that's uh, completely made up about Raquel and Peter. There's no way that any of that is true. Now, I don't even actually believe that the Raquel and Tom Schwartz of it all is very true. I think that's like being played up for the show. It's very clear to me. Maybe they had a kiss, drunken kiss or whatever, but we're hinging the whole season on this kiss. And I, I bet you they even showed it in the, in the 
premiere or the trailer for the upcoming season. I feel like it's a little tiny moment and we're making a mountain out of a molehill or what did Ramona say? Molehill or whatever. And so I don't know that that's huge, but I still feel like there's at least a nugget of truth there. But with the Peter situation, I'm like, this is, come on, you guys, like, we don't even need this. We got all the other stuff going on. We got James and Raquel fighting in front of the bathroom door. What do we need uh, this made up storyline with Peter? Now, I am happy that they scaled back on the fake Lisa Vanderpump stories, because, you know, the real low point for me was when Tom Schwartz was uh, going off to Vegas and Lisa Vanderpump had hit a brassiere in his suitcase. And then that became a whole storyline, like a wacky kind of punked situation. And uh, it was very odd. Someone's old boss and mentor sticking a brassiere in somebody's suitcase is very strange. And uh, so I'm glad that we're not doing that. I'm glad we're not doing the lizard funerals. But I am upset that we are pretending that Peter and Raquel have some sort of chemistry. I've never seen less chemistry between two people in my entire life. And I just watched that new Ashton Kutcher, Reese Witherspoon rom-com, which I have so many thoughts about. It was on Netflix. The It's called Your Place or Mine. Now, I love Reese, and I love a Reese rom-com, and I'm so happy she's celebrating the rom-com. I'm just having more of a problem with like this whole idea that we're pretending that Ashton's been in a bunch of good rom-coms, because he hasn't. And I tweeted about this, and I feel very strongly. But if you look at Ashton's filmography... His best rom-com is maybe Just Married or What Happens in Vegas. And I'm sorry, those aren't classics. So when I see him and Reese in a Vanity Fair interview or on uh, all these interviews together, and they're asking Reese to have to quote one of Ashton's movies and and say, what's your favorite Ashton movie? I'm thinking, poor Reese Witherspoon's got to make something up because there's no good movies. I mean, she's... uh, she is really, that's the best acting I've seen Reese do is on the press tour for Your Place or Mine. And I know people are giving them a lot of heat because on the red carpets, they look like they're so far apart and uninterested in each other. There's no chemistry. But the real acting work is happening in the interviews when people are like, what's your favorite Ashton movie? And she's like scrolling through her head. She's like, I can't fucking think of one because <laughs> there ain't any. And I'm sorry, none of them are classics. Maybe Dude Wears My Car is considered a comedic class, stoner classic, but it's not a rom-com. And then what is his best rom-coms? The Cameron Diaz one, What Happens in Vegas? I'm sorry, Cameron's got tons more better rom-coms than that one. Or Just Married or A Lot Like Love. I'm sorry, these aren't classics. They're okay. They're fine. I'll watch them on TBS. I'll put them on on a plane. But these were not, it's not equal to the filmography of Reese Witherspoon. She's got Sweet Home Alabama. That's a stone-cold classic. That is a classic rom-com. Legally Blonde, of course, classic. I don't consider that a rom-com. It's more comedy, I think. But we're all pretending. And so the fact that Reese has to sit there after all that she's done for the genre and film, she's got to sit there and act like, oh, he's got so many hits under his belt. I mean, come on. I feel bad for her. Somebody needs to give her a, another raise or something. I don't know. But I just feel bad. And so anyway, I watched that rom-com. And no, they do not have much chemistry in it, but I still enjoyed it. I feel like the rom-com is back. I'm like loving all these. I love Shotgun Wedding. And I love, I'm happy they're all back. Anyway, what were we saying? Oh, so no chemistry. So Peter and Raquel, zero chemistry. Not an ounce. Not an ounce of chemistry. And yet we're still pretending that they're going on at a date. And then we have this whole weird bit where Peter's going up to James and being like, can I take you around a date? And even James is sitting there on camera being like, okay, Peter. <laughs> like, okay. Like this bullshit storyline you're pretending to do. And I know Peter wants to get on camera. So good for him. God bless. He, he's been a stick around forever. He deserves some camera time. I just, even for Peter, I wish there was more justice for him. And it's got to pretend the storyline. He ain't a good act. None of these people are good actors. So what are we doing here? 
Anyway, it's at least better than the Lisa Vanderpump of it all. And then we got all these feuding, uh, feuds happening between Lala and Tom Schwartz. Tom Schwartz is in his villain era. I never thought I'd see the day. Never thought I'd see the day on Vanderpump Rules where it's being presented to us as Tom Schwartz is the villain. Now he's done so much villainous behavior in the past. He dumped the drink on Katie Maloney's said. He's cheated on her, I think, multiple times. Didn't he admit some? And I'm pretty sure it happened multiple times. And then she sat him down. She said, this are, these are the things I need from you in our marriage. We've seen it on camera. And then everyone vilified Katie Maloney. Now, I'm not saying Katie is an angel. I'm just saying she was always been vilified. And uh, finally, it looks like they're presenting Tom Schwartz as the villain. So who knew? Who knew? Uh, by the end of the season, we might feel differently. We might be telling Katie Maloney to... Rotten Hill. But for now, we're telling Tom Schwartz to... Rotten Hill. And so, I don't know. I don't know. What else is going on? Oh, um, speaking of Raquel, I also have to talk about that pool party. At, that Was at a hotel or something? Who was that man in the towel? And what was he doing? Why? Who? What? What was happening? What was happening there? He's just walking around in the towel at the party, at the rooftop party. I was like, put some clothes on. You know I love a man without a blouse. I love a man without a blouse, but it just felt so out of place. And Raquel, she was, you know, again, Raquel's sort of in her villain era too because she told the man, I'm too tall for you or something. As she was walking away, she kind of gave him a sassy (laughs) one-liner. I never saw that side of Raquel. She's like, I'm taller than you. And I loved it. Oh, I loved it. I felt so alive. Uh, and then Lala and Randall, that whole thing is blown up. We're talking about the LA Times article that happened. And I don't know if you read that article, but so many crazy accusations about Rand. And I've always had problems with that man. Number one on the list is his love of the pickleball. And now it's uh, come to our attention that Schwartz was playing pickleball with them after that LA Times article came out. Now, uh, you guys, Schwartz... You know, I love shorts, but uh, you, you read the article. How could you play pickleball with that man? Right after the article comes out, not to mention your friend sat you down on Sheena's rooftop. Lala said she sat everyone. She sat the cast down. And you know, they can't say cast, but she's like, I sat the cast down on Sheena's rooftop. Poor Shishi had to invite everyone over. She probably made the enchiladas for Lala to tell them all about Randall's LA Times article. And so they're chomping on enchiladas and Lala's saying, don't talk to this man. He's a monster. And then Tom Schwartz goes and uh, hooks up with him for pickleball. And I'm like, Schwartz, you really got to play pickleball that bad? And I know pickleball is everywhere now, but it's we got to cool it with the pickleball in general. But if you're going to play pickleball, you need to do it with someone other than Randall Emmett. Allegedly, he's a monster. I don't want him to come after me or nothing like that. But I'm just saying, you play pickleball with literally anyone else. Can you play it yourself? Is it like, um, can you play squash on your own? Is that a thing? I don't know how pickleball works. I should learn. I feel like at some point I'm going to need to just learn. One year for Christmas, I got Matt the pickleball thing, and we never used them. They're in the garage. I got to, I got to dig those out and learn because it's not going away. And so at a certain point, we just have to all give in and say, okay, this is the world we're living in, and it's a pickleball universe. And so we're just going to have to – it's just going to have to be – despite my best efforts to take down this sport, I'm going to have to start embracing it the way that I embrace reboots and – that's how I feel about TV movie reboots. It's like, we're all just going to get them, so we might as well embrace them and try to make the best of it. And I feel the same way about pickleball. Uh, I'm going to have to accept it. Uh, but anyway, play with anyone else. I mean, didn't you learn anything when you're eating Shishi's enchilada on the rooftop, Tom Schwartz? I mean, come on. And hes I feel like he gets away with so much because he's so cute and like kind of puppy doggish. I don't know if you saw him on Watch What Happens Live with the other Tom. I'm like loving Sandoval this season. I always love Sandoval, but like, I don't know. I'm feeling like refreshed and so excited about Sandoval. And I just like that he's embracing 
however he fuck he wants to look. I like the mustache on him. I don't know. I'm just like really into Tom Sandoval right now. And he's a friend, so I, I've always loved Tom Sandoval, but I don't know, I'm feeling really good about him. Um, but on Watch What Happens Live, it was like Andy's asking Short some questions, and he's like got his his hand covering his mouth, and he kind of plays this coy, it's very much Sex in the City, Carrie Bradshaw. If anyone watches Sex and City, I've been recapping it for the Everything Iconic Patreon. And Sarah Jessica Parker does this coy, sort of uh, coquettish, kind of like, oh, oh, oh my God. And I feel like Schwartz does the same thing. And if, if you put Carrie Bradshaw and Tom Schwartz in the same room together, no one would say a single declarative sentence. They would just be standing there like, oh, oh my God, oh, oh. <laughs> like, I couldn't even man those two. That should be what happens on And Just Like That Next. I know John Corbett's back as Aiden, but maybe we need to get Tom Schwartz in there. And just uh, just see what a scene would be like. Not one declarative sentence would be uttered out of the two of them. They would just be sitting there and just, oh, oh, my God. Anyway, I too, I mean, and it, the thing is, we all fall for it. I fell for it, too, because he's so handsome and cute and kind of, I seems like a puppy doggy. And it's very Libra quality. He's a Libra, and I can say that as Libra myself. He's very, he's got like heavy Libra-ness, heavy Libra qualities, that man. And uh, sometimes that could work, but other times it's not. Oh, but wait, did we wrap up the guy in the towel? I don't, I, I don't know if we wrapped that, that thread up. I'm, I just need to say that. What the fuck was that? Um, and so look, we got a lot going on. We got, we didn't even get to some of the other cast members. I, you know, I love Ariana. I'm so excited to see what happens with her. It seems like we're just back. Charlie is the only sort of newish cast member that's going to be sticking around. And I think she's more in a friend capacity. Otherwise, we're focusing on our core people. We're in season, what, 10 now? And we got a lot going on, and I just am feeling rejuvenated, reinvigorated, renewed. I feel like we're back, baby. I feel like we're back. And the opening credits, we didn't even talk about that. They got a drone shot that goes through. It goes starts at Tom Tom. Then it goes to Sir. Then it goes to Pump or whatever. It goes through all of them. And we're not getting that weird shot at the end of the opening credits where they usually have just Ken propped up like Weekend at Bernie's with a dog in his lap. We're not even getting that no more. They just decide to end on uh, Lisa Vanderpump. I mean, it's it's good. We're, and poor Ken. I mean, they just cut his ass. <laughs> they said goodbye, Ken. They cut his ass out of here. They uh, It's just he's nowhere to be found. and doesn't see one shot of Ken. And finally, I don't know, producers. I was just talking about this. I don't know if anyone watches that 600-pound life on TLC. Matt watches it. He's like, a, my boyfriend's obsessed with it. And so he, we watched the episode the other day. I like, sort of feel like I'm in my TLC era. I kind of am dipping back into TLC. You know, I watched the Kate Plus 8, and, and then I, uh, he got me to watch an episode of Darcy and Stacy. And then, um, I was watching 600 Pound Life and the doctor on there, Dr. Now, he is the least telegenic person I've ever seen on camera. Never in my life have I seen someone, and he's been on there for a hundred seasons, and not a single ounce of charisma, and yet they, he's still in that doctor's office, which they haven't spruced up not a bit. You know, when they go, if anyone watches it, you know, they go, and they weigh themselves in the corner of the hospital room, and it's like they couldn't even add some wallpaper or, like, spruce up the the scale with some, I don't know, bedazzle the scale or something. It just feels like they should do something with the set. We're always in that same hospital for a hundred years. How many seasons has 600 pound life been on? And yet we haven't even, not a lighting kit, nothing. It's just a harsh overhead hospital lighting. The least telegenic doctor in the history of doctors. You mean to tell me they couldn't find one other? I mean, I love doctor now. Anyway, on Vanderpump Rules, they did spruce it up because they did this drone shot for the opening credits and it's, 
I, it was thrilling to me the first time I saw it. It just, we needed things to spice it up. We, they just, they needed to spice it up and they did. The ratings were great. I don't know if anyone saw that, but ratings were fantastic and uh, we're all ready to embrace it. So I'm excited. Vanderpump rules. Raise your glasses high. This one's for them tonight. This one's for them tonight. Now, uh, I want to get into uh, my interview with Dolores Catania from The Real House in New Jersey, but I do have a quick programming note. Now, I have some health issues, minor health stuff, no big deal, don't worry about me, but I do have to have a minor surgery on this upcoming Wednesday. So I do have some pre-recorded things that I will be putting on the feed that I really hope you'll check out that I think are great, but uh, I don't know, the recap schedule might be a little off because... I don't know how the recovery, there's some uh, stomach issues that I have to get uh, fixed. So I will be doing surgery on Wednesday. And so I will be back as soon as I'm recovered, but hopefully it won't be too much time off. And I do have some great episodes in the meantime. So I just wanted to tell you that. So you know that I do want to recap all these shows, but we're going to have to have a little breather for some health stuff. Uh, okay. Rotten Hill. Now let's get into my chat with Dolores Catania. I want to let you know to find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Get my book. It's called How Do I Unremember This? And tickets to the live show are available at everythingiconic.com. Just hit the live tour tab. With all that said, please enjoy my chat with Dolores. Bye-bye. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. I'm here with Dolores Catania from The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Dolores, how are you? I'm good, Danny. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to talk to you. And also, I'm curious to know what filming was like now with your new boyfriend, Polly. Like, he just was sort of thrown into it now. I know the poor guy. He did well, though. You know, Paul is very much about my life. And he wants to be a part of it, which was nice. I warned him. I don't think he was ready for it. And, you know, a little history on Paul. He came to this country by himself when he was in his 20s from Ireland. And he he's a great success. He's done very well. He's an amazing dad. He's just all these things. And then there's this. So I had to tell him, I'm like, I... I know you've been through a lot in your life, but I don't know how to prepare you for this. He's like, no, I got this first day on the scene, big blow up. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And I was wondering what he was thinking during that whole bowling. I mean, that whole Jen situation. He got upset, you know, and I don't like to fight in front of the guys because I don't like the guys being a part of it. And Paul is just getting to know everyone. He's just walking in. 
Does it have to be that like, really, does it have to be this? I don't, you know where I am. Give me a call. Tell me you want to talk about it. Call for a meeting. But do we need to do this right now? Everyone's having a great time. And And how do you feel when the other husbands get involved in the drama? Because I know some people say, oh, they like when their husband or their significant other sticks up for them. And then other people are like, no, get out of here. This is women's business. I was not raised like that. Like I was raised, don't get a guy upset. Don't get them like in a fight. And, and I mean, the rest of the girls, really, I mean, I can say, I don't think that they want it. It happens. We're a close knit. We're all together too much. Do I want that support when I go home and say this happened? Do I want somebody to have my back? But do I want them to to jump into a fight that I'm having with someone else? That's the last thing I want. Yeah. When you get the men involved, it gets it gets ugly. Uh, how are the new housewives? We have Danielle and uh, I have it written down. There's two new housewives. How, how did you like? And Rachel. Yeah. Well, there's three. Three. Okay. There's Danielle Cabral. Okay. There's Rachel Fuda, who I know, and okay. Jen Fessler, a friend of. Okay. Wait until I'm still you- learning the names. I feel like I, it'll take me a minute. You- oh, you won't forget them after this season, Danny. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Wait till you get a load of Jen Fessler. Hysterical. Hysterical. Oh, I'm excited. Danielle was already sort of, I mean, they were, everyone was interesting to me, but doesn't Danielle have a connection? Her, her stepmom is married to Caroline's brother. There's like a Manzo connection. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and I believe that they're setting up for a Manzo return, which I've been saying for years for Caroline to return to New Jersey. It, that's just the vibe that I get. Now she's going to be on Ultimate Girls Trip. And there was some some stuff uh, that I guess um, was sort of in the press about what happened on Girls Trip. Have you talked to Caroline about any of that stuff? I did call and I checked on her to see if she was okay. And, you know, she's tough. Caroline's tough. But I guess we'll... We'll see what happens with that. Um, That's not my story to talk about. Right. Um, Melissa and Teresa, all that stuff keeps playing out forever and ever. And I've, I thought for for years though, that they weren't, when they were pretending to be good, I thought I could see through that they hated each other. And I always said, I was like, they're just pretending. Did you feel like those seasons prior to this one, that they were just trying uh, they were pretending a little bit. Trying, trying is a better word than pretending. So, trying for the sake of the family, trying for the parents who want to see their family together, you know, trying for, for peace, right. And for a relationship with her brother. So not everybody is going to get along. And when it becomes family, you have to make it work somehow. But sometimes it, it doesn't. And as we see now, I think it's time for that them to really part ways with the way. I don't want to see that. I, I mean, I don't even like saying it. I don't want it to even come out of my mouth. I, I'd love to see them not do this, but I don't know what else to do. I know it's very sad. Right. And so you don't think there's a future for them at all? I mean, no one tomorrow isn't promised to anyone and no one knows what the future can bring, but the way things are right now, I think it's just their time apart is better. And how is it for you sort of navigating the in-between because seemingly you have a relationship with both of them when you're not filming, are you able to call up both of them on the phone and say, Hey, how are you doing? Or I don't know. What's it like navigating that? 
So um, I wouldn't typically, I mean, I'm not on the phone with Melissa all the time. Not that I don't like her. We just don't, we never really hung out. Um, even on the show, like we're, I have no problem with them. I don't fight with Joe. I'm not fighting with Melissa. Teresa is my friend who we've always spoke, you know? So I wouldn't call Melissa anyway to hang out with her, especially not in the middle of, a, you know, a family feud. So you're team Teresa on this. I'm not team anyone. No, no, but I, I consider myself family and the way I would handle my sister's fighting would be the same way I'm handling this. Would you ever have your sister on the show or would you run from that after seeing all this play out with different people who have had siblings on the show? Um, I'm one of five and they really don't like to, they have filmed with me. Haven't seen much of them. You'll see my brother. I'm very close with my brother, the same way that Teresa was with her, her brother. I'm, my brother and I talk every day, sometimes more than once a day. So it's just devastating. Do I, the show, I don't think that the show should cause a rift between anyone if yeah. there, there's a strong relationship. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about Jen. So we see in the premiere uh, and it's sort of carried over from the reunion because you and Jen were at odds at the reunion uh, going into this season. Uh, were you, what, what were you thinking in terms of Jen? Were you hoping to sort of nip it in the bud very early? Yeah, on? I was. Yeah. yeah. But not the way, not in, in, you know, in the first part that you see at the roller skating party, Jennifer like scurries away every time I'm, I'm nearer. That could have been like a hello or, you know, somewhere. And every time, and I even graciously invited her to an, a nice event I had where everybody had a great time. I didn't want them left out. And then, um, but the way she had treated me at the roller skating party, I kind of figured, well, I guess she doesn't want to speak. So when she came there, I didn't speak to her. You know, there, there's time in between you can speak to someone. You don't have to do it in, or make a scene in front of a bunch of people. I'm all about sitting down and having a meeting and talking it out and not talking to 50 people before you get to that point. Yeah. I imagine too, when you're in a group situation, then you also have a peanut gallery for every fight. So it must be frustrating if you're having an issue with, let's say Jennifer or, or Melissa or anyone on the cast. Uh, and you're, you're talking about your personal situation in front of the larger group. It must be tough to navigate that. It's always been very tough, but guess what? If you're not, um, Telling, you know, if you're not being involved in the fight, I can support my friends, but I don't have to support what they're doing to each other. And I have a very good way of being that way because I have been that way since high school, grammar school. Um, I love when you call people a jerk off. That's like my, one of my favorite things because I I feel like it's the rare thing. And uh, you're one of the only housewives I've ever heard call people a jerk off. And it feels so at home to me. And so I just have to that say that is very much old school. Talking. It's like Italian. It's like, yeah, oh, it's you're, like, jerk yeah. Off. you're a jerk off. Talk to yourself, you jerk off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So how are you and Jen now? Are you, is there a hope well, for the two of you? Okay. It was hard to watch, yeah. you know, watching that episode. I didn't know she called me a name when she walked out of the house. Didn't know. Not that I care. I mean, it's meritless. I don't think I look like what she said, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, you know, that kind of thing wouldn't bother me, but I just, it was funny and nothing's funny about it, but the less that I engaged with her, the 
more crazy she got in that argument. And again, I remember, and, you know, to think back, um, Paul just put his hand on my shoulder and just said, like, it's okay, just calm down, you know, and I wasn't doing anything, but it was nice to have that person stand behind me and do that. Yeah. So, but he, when he left there, he was like, oh my God, you know, Yeah. I just didn't want to have like Jennifer's grabbing everybody and making huddles and doing all this talking. And it's like, you know what, we can do this another time. Yeah. And you've had a lot of time to do this. I reached out to her last season. She didn't want to talk last season. And then in between the reunion and this season, did you have an opportunity to talk at all? Or was it just kind of radio silence? Yeah. Radio silence. Uh, do you like Jennifer? I do. And that's why I was upset about the way things are. I don't like how she acts. I don't like how she handled this whole situation. I had no idea uh, what was so egregious that I did to her to act like this towards me. I'm still confused about that, but I also like to leave it where it is because I don't think there's an answer for it. So I would just like to move on for it. There's a lot of things about Jennifer that I liked. Do you think a lot of times people just play it up for the cameras? Like if they're maybe a little bit mad or it's a little nugget and then they make it into a bigger thing. Like is there, who, who on the cast I should, should say does that the most? I don't think, I think we're kind of really very authentic ourselves. I think Jennifer gets herself worked up a lot. Um, but I don't know that she wouldn't do that in real life anyway. Danny. Mm. You know, I think, I think, I think what they are on the show now is what they will be in real life. Maybe they didn't start out like that, but, I think everybody is pretty much who they are. Uh, like so, I actually yeah. calmed down for the, for that scene. Cause I wanted to throw the table at her, her big Patter- Patterson table Dolores. That I'm standing behind. Yeah. Like, you know, if I was at a, if I had gotten to that party, not in my love bubble and, and my typical stress that I have in my daily life with all this stuff that I juggle, if I wasn't so happy when I got to that party, I don't know that the outcome would have been the same. Yeah. Uh, when we see you at the bowling party with Frank, uh, your ex, it seems like, uh, it must be tough for him to navigate the season with Polly around more. Uh, what was it like? Did you have any insight into like what Frank was like this season or, or how he handled seeing Polly more or anything you could tease about that? You know, this was a hard transition for Frank. Frank's a guy who does not like change at all. And things have never changed for him over the years. Like, you know, we have this family dynamic and, and a friendship and everything like that, but that's all it is. And I needed Paul to be comfortable with that because it's not like my kids are little anymore. You know, Frank and I don't have to see each other as much as we did. I yeah. really like this relationship to be a little bit separate from that part of my life because I want a different outcome. Yeah. And the kids, they all like Polly. They both yes. like, yeah, good, good, good. Uh, okay. So Teresa was on Everything Iconic a couple months ago, and she said, she sort of implied, and I don't want to put words in the mouth, but there was an implication that you and Caroline aren't actually friends. And I wondered, you are though, right? Yeah, I don't think she meant that, really. Yeah. Okay. I didn't Um, hear that, but I don't follow everything, but I I haven't heard that. Uh, not to backtrack, but do the kids like Frank's girlfriend? Is he still with, I think her name was Brittany. Brittany. Yeah, yeah. He's still with her and they like her a lot. She's the sweetest girl ever. Oh, good. Good. Uh, Jacqueline recently has come out. Jacqueline was a former cast member and she had said that Melissa was sort of used her and manipulated her against Teresa. Did you notice any of that? Did you witness any of that? I wasn't on, 
I wasn't on the show then. Okay. You know what I mean? I came at the tail end of it. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know what happened with her and Jacqueline and Melissa and Teresa. I didn't live that with them. What about when you joined the show? Did you feel like Melissa or, or Teresa or anyone was sort of manipulating you in, in any way? No. When I first came on, no, there's been times where I've been like forced to uh, maybe not be friends with someone because somebody else wasn't talking to them, but I would never in my life, no one tells me who to be friends with. Sorry. Just doesn't happen. You know, I always got the impression that off camera, you and Margaret are really close or closer, I should say, than the show portrays. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. So Margaret and I were very close, are close. We don't talk as much or see each other as much, you know, Um, but we can call each other about something, bounce it off each other. But I make it um, a rule that my friends aren't allowed to talk about my other friends to me because I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I can never be accused of repeating anything that way. Dolores, what do we have to look forward to this season? What can you tell us? So it's very exciting. And it's, uh, I think all of us show vulnerable moments. And I think that, I think it's probably the best season yet. I don't like the outcomes of everything, but I feel like there, some things need to have had come to heads. There's there's this whole thing about Melissa and a cheating rumor that supposedly comes up later in the season. Uh, do you think that Melissa cheated on Joe? No, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, and do you think whoever came out with this rumor, which it's rumored to be someone who was maybe trying to get on the cast, Margaret's friend or ex-friend, do you think she was bringing it up just to kind of get on the show or yeah. That was a weird situation. Like how, what happened that somebody from your, that you've been friends with since fifth grade goes and does all this to you. What did you do? Did you kill her dog? You did mean you to Margaret, her? right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. You, why would she want to say this stuff about all these people like, and try to do all this? Like, and even when Jennifer Aiden, who hates Margaret's guns, like asked her, why are you doing this? The, the, the excuse for it really didn't it didn't even make sense like even jennifer was like i mean i don't even know what to say on that one okay wait so how was Teresa's wedding and what did you think of the hair oh my god the wedding was a dream it was when i saw her walk out of the church you know how you like you see in the beginning it was just like surreal and it also was the end of an era of Teresa and her struggles i felt like and now she has somebody in her corner to help her. She was so happy and so beautiful. And her hair was Teresa. Yeah. When I had walked in at first, I was like, Oh my God. Uh, but only Teresa can get away with that. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I mean, I know people had different feelings about it, but I just thought, yeah, that feels right. I don't know. I liked it. It was her. Yeah. It was her. And she looked absolutely beautiful. Dolores, anything you want to clear up about the season or let viewers know as we're at, we're at the very beginning of this long ride that we have ahead of us. Is there anything you want viewers to, to look out for, to clarify ahead of time? Do I want um, viewers to look out for and clarify ahead of time? Um, I'm trying to think, I don't know what's played out. You know, we don't remember it. 
everything's a blur. I'm not that person that remembers everything. Like when I leave a scene, I don't remember what I did, what I said, but I can tell you this, the finale, there has never been a finale like that. And it was in this room that you're looking at right now. See, it was up here. So that's where the big fight goes down with, I've heard things right in front of your pillow that you like. Oh my God. I've heard things and I've heard this finale is going to be insane. Um, yeah. Uh, Dolores, thank you so much. After, after filming, right before I let you go, after filming the whole season, you have all these new people that have come in, come in to the show. And of course you haven't seen it play out, but would you expect or like the same cast to return for the next season if it were up to you or a shakeup? No, I would like it to, I would like it to stay the same. Yeah. Because we work together really well. It doesn't mean everybody has to film with each other. Because yeah, I worry, how do Melissa and Teresa film together? How do we keep both of them on the show if they have a seemingly unrepairable relationship? I don't know. Yeah. That's what that's going to have to be decided between the two of them. Yeah. And the network. And the network. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know who makes those decisions. I don't know how that works because we, you know, there's fights you make up. There's fights you make up. Nothing scripted. And there's things that they always come back from, but I don't know about this time. So they're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. I really want Snooki on the show too, because I've said this before. And I thought the excuse for why Snooki wasn't on there was because Jersey Shore is like a different vibe. But then like the new, I think it was Danielle in the premiere. I was like, she's giving me like sort of a old school Snooki vibe. So why can't we have Snooki on here? Maybe that's just, it's probably just me that really wants Snooki in the cast, but I, yeah, I think a lot of people do. I wouldn't mind Snooki. Yeah. Like I think she knows how to do reality TV and I'm interested in her personal life, but yeah, yeah. I think she's become, I think she's grown into like a great mom Yeah, and she's like grown up and as wild as we used to see our, our Snooki, um, I think she's definitely just done, you know, she could be a housewife. Sure. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, Dolores, thank you so much for your time. I always love talking to you and I appreciate you on the show and you look stunning and I'm so excited to see the rest of the season. So thank you. you. I'm not excited to see the rest of the season and I can't wait to see what else has been said. Danny, do you have big big fights with any of the new gals? No, not. They take care of themselves pretty much. Pretty good. Did they get messy right away? They just try to get messy right away. Um, not right away. No. Where's no, the trips? Do you, what, where are the they, trips at this season? Oh, the trip is in Ireland in a castle. <gasps> castle. Oh my God. I'm so excited. You're not just going to the Jersey shore. Cause I always get pissed. You guys are always at the Jersey shore, which yeah, is nice, but like, I want to see you overseas. Our first international trip. Love it. Love it. I can't wait. Dolores, thank you for the time. So, uh, so fun talking to you. Thank you. So much fun, Danny. 